We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is the best ball landscape like on, I guess this could be the 1st of March when you're listening to this, we're recording it on the 28th of February, but we are getting earlier and earlier every single year when we look into how best ball is setting up, how ADP is. There's just more information with the volume of, you know, underdog and particularly with the FFPC having more and more contests, there's more and more ADP, there's more and more information, then you can pull that data, you can see what worked in previous years. There's just so much stuff that you can look into so we are here at this point and we have a lot of information already Blair has had an article up I believe Blair that was two weeks ago now looking at some of the teams that won in the big contest last year some of the data from that so we might even touch on that today but we'll talk about some of our thoughts and how things are setting up and how they may maybe evolve or maybe they will potentially stay the same over the course of the next couple of months before the NFL season kicks off but Blair Maybe the place to start is, you know, what was successful in 2023 and some of those big contests. When you were looking back through the information, what were some of the, I guess, the main things that stood out to you? Right. Well, my my look back at uh, 2023 was a little bit biased because I was really just asking whether zero RB worked. And it turns out it was, of course, a smash smashing success why were Uh, you asking why were you asking that question yeah weird right i don't know um no yeah obviously we uh we have some we have a vested interest in in (laughs) seeing you know making sure that zero rb kind of has uh we don't want the reputation to get too bad even though we like we like it to be still a kind of uh, under the radar strategy that can that can win contests, but I mean in 2023 it really was the the dominant strategy. Even though you had a situation where wide receivers were being drafted earlier than they ever have been, probably um, you had running back values every you know throughout the early rounds, but still the teams that won the big contests, that won the regular season underdog title, that won uh, best ball mania. Um, they were all zero running back teams, or at least they were they were zero running back adjacent in some cases. Like they would take one running back and then 
hammer wide receivers. Um, that was, I think, the biggest takeaway. I mean, the other thing that I think is interesting, especially in the context now looking at, at 2024 a little bit, is how um, how important some of the later tight ends were in 2023 and how much upside you could get from some of those late tight ends. Last offseason, I wrote an article saying that 2023 was unique in that we had so many high upside tight end options late in the draft. You could actually get away with taking guys in the double-digit rounds at tight end, where in past years you really couldn't do that because the drop-off was so big. And uh, I think it you know, for the most part, the 2023 season played out that way with guys like Laporta and Kincaid coming through and having big seasons. So there's a name there you need to mention. A name I need to mention. Trey McBride. You cannot oh, believe Trey McBride. Of course, of course, of course, right. right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, and the other thing last year really felt that way. And there was even names that were in that kind of post round 12 range that, you know, I had high hopes for last year, but whether it was even injury related or, you know, situation related, you know, Dalton, uh, sorry, Greg Dulcich missed a huge amount of the season. He was somebody that I had a lot of exposure to, but there was enough of the other, like, you know, Laporta and Trey McBride were, they're the players at the start of the season in week one where I'm like, I need these players to work. <laughs> yeah, uh, there was, a, there was a lot of it, but it allowed you then to do a lot of other things on your roster. And somebody I wanted to draft a lot of last season, it was working out until his injury was TJ Hawkinson, who was obviously a lot more expensive than those guys. But you were able to get like a, you know, an arbitrage version of that later on, and that allowed you then to add another wide receiver, potentially a quarterback, you know, in that range where where Hawkinson was going. But the thing that's going to be tricky then at tight end this year is, obviously, those guys have ascended to a point now. Looking at you know the FFPC ADP at the moment, you have Sam Laporta as tight end one in the second round, early second round, early third round, tight end three, Trey McBride. You know these guys have have really moved up, and Dalton Kincaid tight end six and that's in the the fifth round and you're obviously in a situation where that's tight end premium but tight ends across the board are are raising up in prices trey mcbride for example is tight end three over at underdog that is in the the fifth round as well so you're getting into a situation where the the kind of tide that you know the the rising tide has lifted but what it has done is it has lifted all the tight ends from around (laughs) 12 to 15 and, and move them up into the the top five rounds of drafts so that's going to make the draft landscape interesting for a couple of reasons because we well i know myself and sean i won't speak for you specifically but early tight end elite tight end has been something that we have drafted for a long time and we have never been afraid to draft those guys but there's a lot of people who even would have reached out to us on the podcast and said i don't really feel comfortable taking a tight end in those first three rounds for example what was going to happen this year if you're not taking uh, and i think i said quarterback there i meant tight end and those first you know five rounds you're you're likely to be starting to fall behind unless you can hit on the later options and you know looking at the later options there is going to be some names there looking at them at the moment in the ffpc adp the you know the, both of the packers tight ends are interesting plays but the problem is is they're both playing on the same roster tight end 17 is pat firemouth in the 10th round could he bounce back this season michael mayer for me looks to be the one that i would be most interested in but that's round 11 over there There, there's not as much of the names where you're like oh this rookie tight end isn't going to hit or the second year tight end isn't going to make the leap and people also you know 
whether it's just recency bias of the results you know before last year people would have been saying more well these guys aren't going to hit whereas now they hit last year and everyone thinks that they're going to there's two ways that goes they either take them this year at a higher price or they say i'm going to find the next trey mcbride you know yeah. that's much much harder to do because like we talked on the the show talking about the combine earlier this week there's exceptions to every rule and maybe those guys are the exception where they should not have been priced at those particular prices but looking over at underdog and you know the later rounds of the adp at the moment with things set up play you know outside of rookies you're looking at like isaiah likely who's going to have competition again from mark andrews kate otten who's somebody i have liked but i don't think he's ever going to hit those heights of what we talked about i i do feel like mayor and round 13 is probably the the one that may be able to do that but there's just it's going to be tricky because the tight ends are are much more expensive this year yeah that's right and i think what's especially different from last year is that the tight ends you do have in the later rounds in the later rounds last year it was guys like mcbride and laporta and guys you could see not only you know scoring a touchdown every few games and giving you a usable score but guys who could uh break the the leap right (laughs) exactly take the leap and become like an obvious every week starter and enter the elite ranks and you don't have that that they had as well as they had like the exceptional profiles as well in terms of like athletically so they were young they were had a potential opportunity and they had athletic traits that most other tight ends don't have exactly exactly and this year you just don't have that in the later rounds uh the guys who are most interesting i think are some you know some veterans who have kind of been able to put it together a little bit lately and you're hoping maybe with a new coaching staff they get some more opportunity you know i don't know guys like noah fant and gerald everett are people that i seem to have on my team every year and they never really deliver but there's there's always some hope uh but it's certainly not the same kind of bet you're making when you draft a guy like mcbride or laporta and so yeah i mean to the point about elite tight end even getting multiple elite tight ends in the first six rounds maybe that's too aggressive but i think that can that's a viable strategy this year yeah i think we're going to see that the potential targets later are going to fall off you know in terms of what you're wanting to have on your roster and maybe getting two guys before round 10 is going to give you a situation where you're not trying to stack up on those guys later on somebody though that i mentioned on the show already who is going undrafted at the moment is greg dulcet so keep an eye out there i think i'll be a lot of 20th round and 18th round picks will be probably still spilled there because again sometimes it's a case where somebody plays the season and doesn't play well and then you're hoping they bounce back but when it's a case that an entire season is missed by injury you know you can talk yourself into how things could potentially work out there but yeah tight end is going to be an interesting way to play it the other part of you know when you're having that zero rb conversation if you're trying to get an elite tight end you're also looking at what quarterbacks you want to try and target and how that's going to play out in the last year we've seen quarterbacks and maybe this will happen again but we've seen quarterbacks pushed up the board quite a bit where the first you know three quarterbacks were usually gone by the end of uh round three but this year even it's a little bit later but we are seeing some other guys then moved up slightly but the part again the opposite here to the late tight ends that really hit and made a difference this year the quarterbacks who were drafted early the elite elite quarterbacks 
did not have the same effect as they may have had in previous years and you were able to replicate some of that with maybe a, a Jared Goff for example or some of the later guys even a Baker Mayfield putting up some pretty good scores as the course of the season went on so how are you feeling about quarterback and, and how do you think it's going to shake out I, I'm always interested as to how much is people reacting to just last year and then like again you mentioned at the end of the show that we did earlier we we're, we're looking at the rookies in terms of the data and it being the sample size over years and years and that's kind of what we're also doing when we're looking at the win rates for the certain builds but you're also taking that into the ever-evolving landscape because we haven't seen as many teams drafted in that way you know going heavy at wide receiver early and so on so there is still adjusting factors in that but i i do think that quarterbacks can be interesting so an underdog at the moment in the second round you get josh allen the third round you get jalen hurts then you get patrick mahomes lamar jackson in the fourth which is all by you know rankings all fair for me but then you know it's cj stroud richardson joe burrow in the sixth you're moving down justin fields with question marks around where he may even be playing in the seventh Dak prescott then you're into like you know Bra- brock party kyler murray justin herbert jordan love in the eighth and like out of those guys uh, yeah Brock Purdy and Jordan Love are the two that I, like there's so many question marks around Kyler I want Kyler Murray to be a thing but you know there's there's a lot of question <laughs> marks in that that range even of, yeah. of guys there so I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it falls and then what we're seeing is rookies going in the the 10th you know Jalen Daniels K- Caleb Wilson and then you're into just you know vet true veterans like you know late stage career veterans nearly <laughs> beyond that point <laughs> right we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, no, the quarterback situation is interesting this year. Um, I mean, like you said, we're seeing these guys go a little bit later than we have in, in past seasons. I think one thing that's interesting is there's a lot of names in sort of that QB window that we like to look at kind of between rounds six through 12. But what uh, what we've seen in some past seasons when the QB window has been really powerful is you've been able to get guys like Mahomes and Lamar Jackson before they break out in that window. And if you're looking at those guys now, you know, those are quarterbacks going into year two who haven't necessarily put it together, but they've showed some stuff and they, you know, just explode. I mean, Anthony Richardson is going in the fifth round, so that's already a little bit earlier. CJ Stroud, I think, um, what he did as a rookie is probably more than, I mean, definitely more than Mahomes did as a in, a, in his rookie year and more than Jackson did too. Um, so you almost have to look for those high upside bets. You almost have to look at the rookies. Like Caleb Williams in the 10th is, I mean, it sounds expensive for him, but if you're looking for a guy who could come in and immediately ascend to, you know, CJ Stroud levels, he's a guy who's pretty interesting. Um, but, but even there, you know, as a rookie, like what CJ Stroud done is, again, almost he's the exception to the rule. You know, exactly. not every and, and the <laughs> likelihood that we get back to back rookies, you know, years where a rookie comes in and does that is also kind of unlikely in terms of all the variables that could go along with it. So then, you know, when you're paying the tenth round price, it's you know it, it can be quite a challenge in terms of then how the overall board plays out with the players around him. Like, you know, when you're looking at for people who may not have drafted yet, round ten is you know Chuba Hubbard, uh, Jaden Daniels. Then you're into Jonathan Brooks, Cole Komet, Tyler Lockett, Keon Coleman, Jared Goff, Khalil Shakir, Caleb Williams, Dallas Goddard. You know, you're hearing these names. You know, Marquise Brown. It's the 10th round then doesn't seem as expensive when you list off who's available in the same range. And that's where, that's right. you know, the full context comes into building out a roster because, you know, if you're drafting Patrick Mahomes and people may not like the other names that I want, but you know, that's Zay Flowers, Amari Cooper, James Cook, Rashid White, Travis Kelsey, Pacheco, T Higgins, Lamar Jackson, Cooper Cup, Drake London, Keenan Allen. And I'm doing them in reverse order that that's from the back of the round to the front. But you know, there's a lot more like back-to-back picks and underdog is Patrick Mahomes and then Trey McBride. You know, you could pick Trey McBride. And it's when you look at those 1v1s as, you know, Trey McBride and Jared Goff versus Cole Komet and Patrick Mahomes. And people will have what side they, they want on those. But um, it's just interesting putting the jigsaw together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, one reason the QB window has worked is because you can get some of these upside picks. But the other reason, of course, is that the uh, quarterback picks, there's just not as much opportunity cost when the board, especially a wide receiver, is so flat. Uh, when you, you know, the same opportunity cost in round seven when you're passing up a Christian Watson, you know, that doesn't look much different than passing up on uh on some of the guys in round 10 so yeah getting your quarterbacks in this range 
I think, ahead. you know, you mentioned in the quarterback window, but I mentioned Burrow in, in round six, and I feel like he's probably the one where it feels, you know, that is... A, so you get JSN at the start of it, so it's JSN, Christian Kirk, George Pickens, but then you're into you know, some veteran running backs, Dalton Kincaid, Chris Godwin, Kettle, Taiji Spears, who I think is interesting, and then it's DeAndre Hopkins, and I think when you get to that point, that's a place where I think there's a tear break to go, you know, in the sixth round to Burrow. Then you get Dak Prescott, who had a really strong season, you know, last year, particularly at, at home. But him and I think I, I don't really see Justin Fields's price going up that much when we know what the situation <laughs> is with him. So that, you know, at right. the moment, but but if he's going there and let's say he's landed in Atlanta, for example, um, you know, that would be much more appealing than at that price. But just with the question, I don't think he's going to be come a fourth round pickup with Lamar Jackson, you know, as the, the season goes on, but. There is a couple of spots like that where you get into a situation when when you're on the clock and you're going to be looking and you're going to think, do do I want DeAndre Hopkins or Joe Burrow? You know, I think there's going to be pretty easy yeah. decisions for me in situations like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, one thing that is kind of unique, although it was the same way last year, is just how quickly, and it's the same way every year, honestly, if you're paying attention, just how quickly the value falls off at wide receiver and how attractive some of these quarterback picks become. That was the uh, next topic I was going to get on, was going to get into is, you know, every year, you know, I don't, maybe I've just muted enough people on Twitter that I don't say it as much, but every <laughs> year, you know, you get the conversation that, you know, oh, get these wide receivers in the you know, 18th round. Why would I draft the guy in the, the first round? Um, yeah. And the situation with those is, Again, there is exceptions to every rule. You know, there was Puka Nakua last year who basically, you know, broke the fantasy football game. <laughs> like, if you drafted him, you probably were close to winning or won. If you didn't draft him, it was, a you know, tough to overcome that situation. And there's always going to be players like that. But realistically, the better players are going to be drafted at wide receiver in those opening, you know, pretty much four or five rounds and to be able to load yourself up with a couple of them is what's going to make the difference and there's going to be players as you go through the draft that will you know pick out the player profiles and the targets that you want to go for throughout the rest of that draft but in terms of who is going to be available i i think you want those guys early so the question becomes is wide receiver weak is there depth <laughs> usually it's a case of there isn't because again like i mentioned the names when we're talking about joe burrow like when you start to get into even round i would say five is when you start to be like do i want this guy or a running yeah. back and we talked about cj stride not any richardson but for context round five is trey mcbride jaden reed jordan addison kenneth walker Uduze. then we're getting mark andrews two quarterbacks that i mentioned calvin ridley terry mclaurin josh jacobs and then derrick henry so like you're getting into situations pretty quickly but that there round is followed up by the round that i mentioned earlier round six and you're getting into like 12 players getting selected that i'm looking here and i might say five to six names that i actually want out of those 24 players so that that's where it starts to get pretty tight pretty quick yeah yeah for sure i mean if you think about sean's original zero rb article his pitch was to try to get six of the top 15 wide receivers by end of season rank so when you're looking at the guys at wide receiver who have a chance to finish 
in the top 15. I mean, obviously you can have a Puka Nakua come from the 18th round. That probably will happen again this year, but it's so hard to predict. Um, basically, when you're looking at guys who have a chance to finish in the top 15, like I don't know that you can make a realistic case for anyone outside of the first four and a half rounds, apart from maybe JSN. Uh, I mean, George Pickens is interesting, but not with Arthur Smith. So, so uh, yeah, it does, I think, become pretty thin. I think wide receiver this year is not deep. I don't think it really ever is deep when you consider that in most leagues, you're starting three of them, uh, often four with the flex. So, um, yeah, this year, as in most years, you want to load up on those wide receivers early. I don't think anything fundamentally about the structure of fantasy football game has changed that, and ADP is certainly has not has not changed that. So, uh, yeah, it becomes a little a little tricky to do to pull off like the double elite tight end strategy I was talking about and feel. <laughs> comfortable enough at wide receiver but it's not fun unless you're trying to leave these maybe, two maybe together, we'll change so. it to you need the top two tight ends at the end of the season and then three of the top 15 uh wide receivers but looking at the both and this is where you know the ffpc and underdog you know we used to see a huge difference in how things were shaken out there's still a bit of round of difference for the wide receivers but again for context you know one of the last wide receivers that you know you mentioned jsn's wide receiver 36 but outside of him then there's a number of names that probably aren't as appealing but just for context wide receiver 30 is zay flowers on both sides but that's the second last pick of the the fourth round so the the 411 on underdog and then when we look over at uh, the ffpc it's the second or the third last pick of the fifth round so a round difference to the the wide receiver 30 but I think what really has happened over the last couple of seasons is we're seeing the wide receiver 30 obviously would have been a bit later. So you had an opportunity to draft, you know, six rounds in a row at wide receiver and still have an opportunity then to have those top 15 guys at the end of the year. Whereas at the moment, they're pushed up so high that unless some of those fall in the draft, you are going to have to hit the player profiles that you want and then have them to ascend to that spot at the end of the season to be able to. And you do kind of need that anyway, but more so now with the volume of wide receivers that are going and particularly the the high-end. There's not as much, I guess, free squares, I guess we could have called them, you know, five years ago where like somebody even like potentially a Jordan Addison might have been going in the 10th round where now he's going in the fifth round or Zay Flowers heading into his second season's going as I mentioned in the the late fourth whereas he might have been going in the eighth round a couple of seasons ago you know the prices have become much more you know tuned to what we're also trying to do but like you mentioned we want to keep it a little bit under wraps but the fact is that it's becoming more and more popular and I, I will say that people are probably still not doing it right but there's a lot more people attempting similar things, which means in those first five rounds, trying to acquire those wide receivers is a bigger challenge. Yeah, it is for sure. And I think in in this situation, you kind of, I think you want to take an even closer look at a lot of the rookies who we don't know a lot about yet, who are still going later. You know, there are guys in the 
ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round who you who probably do have that kind of upside. Um if you're if you're uh <clears throat> if you're pretty selective. Like you can make a case for Jamison Williams um if he really does do what Dan Campbell's saying. You know, Troy Franklin. <laughs> Troy Franklin in the right situation is pretty interesting. Xavier Worthy, I know, is a guy you you and Sean have uh, discussed at some length who I'm a big fan of. He's going in the 12th. There are uh, cases here and there where you can point to that kind of upside later in the draft. But what yeah, about wide receiver not as... 64? Quentin Johnson yeah, in the 13th right. round. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one, but I think uh, at that price we're still gonna have to we're still gonna have to gather up some bags of Quentin Johnson this year. <laughs> yeah, probably when he falls. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's hard to step out on some of these guys. But there is, I you mean, know, when you when you split it, it feels like there's the rookie zone from rounds nine through let's say twelve, and then you get some of the some of the end maybe we interesting is a strong word but i mentioned quentin johnson but like wandell robinson they're both in the the 13th round along with the pot firemouth who i mentioned and then you have marvin mims in the 14th round you know there's there's some names that are in there that are potentially but it's a lot of rookies in that zone as well but i, I think there's there's enough targets and player profiles that we will be looking at in that range but what happens is when you get into situations when out of you know one round there's only two names that you actually want you know so yeah. then they go in round 11 and then you're looking at like well i'm going to take quentin johnson whose adp is round 13 i'm going to have to take him in round 12 you know you're yeah. starting yeah, yeah, to yeah. and you mentioned like what you want to do is when quentin johnson falls to the 14th is when you take him you know <laughs> yeah but it, 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 it's going to be i think it's going to be very fascinating but the thing is is when we're, when you're looking at adp for the very first time this time of the year and you're looking at it and you're like well i don't know but then once you start drafting and you become more comfortable with situations post nfl draft when free agencies all wrapped up and all that sort of stuff and you're like well you know this is the way you're kind of thinking the season is going to go for those particular players i think it becomes a much clearer picture as well yeah yeah right yeah and to say that we can find a few of these high upside guys in the later rounds is not the same as saying oh actually wide receivers pretty deep look at all these names i just named because <laughs> you're only talking about one name per round they're not yep. at all safe bets you're you're uh taking a chance on guys who the likelihood is that they won't hit but if they do hit it would be in a pretty big way. So you still need to get those early wide receiver picks. Uh, yeah, you need them as your wide with, receiver six rather than your wide receiver exactly. two. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anything else standing out to you in the, the best ball sphere at the moment? Uh, anything that you're working through in your, your mind? Yeah, I mean, that's those are the main things. The tight ends having to pick them early, the wide receivers having to pick them early. Um I am. I, I guess um, the final part of that is we didn't touch on running backs. Yeah. Does that mean like we 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 did work through it myself? Like myself and Sean, the team that we had in the FFPC that was going pretty well this season. It was a team where you know we went with uh, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Javante Williams, and they were kind of Stevenson and uh, Etienne were both guys that were going kind of three four range from what I remember. 
and this year again it feels like like it but it felt i think more last year like there was an opportunity there this year it feels like it's kind of split again but there is some people like Tyje Spears going in the fifth round for example if if they go with him as his, as the running back i think he could be interesting but there is a zone again like round 4 through let's say round 7 so here's the names in there we get Derek Henry Kenneth Walker Pacheco Tajay Spears, Josh Jacobs, Alvin Kamara, jo- James Conner, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, David Montgomery, Ramondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, Brian Robinson, Jalen Warren, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, and Najee Harris. So what we're kind of seeing is it's either the guys that were there last year are still there or the guys that were drafted like a Tony Pollard or a Stevenson who didn't hit the expectations that people had have fallen in there. So, it, you know, it really feels like a dead zone at this particular point in time. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because last year you had uh, guys in rounds four and five at running back who were still pretty interesting. Even round six, you had James Cook and uh, guys like that going but there. But now that he had, he's in round three. So the guys right. who are in that range that maybe shouldn't have been, you know, even Rashad White was going kind of nine, ten. He's in round three. <laughs> Over the yeah. So yeah. The, Travis Etienne had a pretty successful season, but didn't hit the heights he had hoped. He's running back seven in round two. You know, anyone that hit is up, and anyone that didn't is in rounds five through eight. Yeah, I mean the running back ADP. Uh, it looks um, well. I mean, I think you do see that dead zone moving back up a little bit with these guys like Rashad White into round i mean i'm looking at underdog adp he's rb11 at round round four uh and you have like josh jacobs and derrick henry in this range aaron jones um you know montgomery in round seven so those are you know it's more like the traditional dead zone where you want to avoid running backs in i would say rounds four through seven here kind of what you mentioned and after that you get some interesting names but you know um kind of just like last year a lot of the most interesting picks in rounds one and two i think are running back picks so yeah there is some interesting names and then again you mentioned you were like we're i'm flipping over and back between both here on on the road of his site but round one the running backs christian mccaffrey Brees hall uh, b john robinson jameer gibbs kyron williams jonathan taylor a chan and then the back end of round two is saquon barkley's running back eight and then etn's the sole running back and round three so there's a lot of interesting names there as well but that also shows that we're getting wiped out here of uh mm, wide receivers yeah. over at underdog pretty quick at uh, 24 yep. wide receivers off the board usually at the end of round three as to compare to just the nine running back so it is going pretty quick the one thing on tight end that i did want to mention as well when we were talking about it is we mentioned the young guys jumping up but the other thing is is the veterans obviously are getting older so people are you know are maybe a little bit more reluctant to click on them but the likes of a kelsey and mark andrews come back off his injury we do have a situation obviously where tj hawkinson is injured likely to miss a good chunk of the season he's tight end 12 but some of the guys that did hit last season the likes of an Evan and grim the likes of a david and joku who hadn't really hit in that way it's interesting that you know they're they're in you know tight end eight nine so when you get down there it starts to drift one tight end that we didn't mention that i was very impressed by down the stretch last season. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Though his tight end eleven, Jake Ferguson, is somebody I think could be potentially a, a reasonable price for for what we're expecting there. But f- I think finishing up on running back is the the way to do it. I think we've kind of gone around all the the positions a little bit 
and obviously as we move over the next couple of weeks there'll be more talk of zero rb targets towards the the back end of the draft but th- there is opportunities in the draft as things have have set out and as the, the picture starts to set and how you know how your draft board can look but there's a lot of challenges and i i think one of the, I, I mentioned this when we draft all the time but one of my favorite things over on rotavis.com is to jump into the adp tools and to see the the draft grid because it, it just works for my kind of way of charting one thing that's also great for is if you're doing a podcast where you're co-drafting with sean siegel and you know he's not showing you which players are available <laughs> you can <laughs> check the adp to try and see which players remain at that particular point in time but it gives you you know position by position color coded to see what's happening and it, it also can be edited by you know the date range as well to give you an idea so that is what i'm jumping through for people wondering where we're gathering this adp data from but that is i think going to bring us to the end of our kind of basketball conversation and i want to thank blair again for jumping on the show at pretty short notice to to give us some podcasts this week so thanks from i guess the entire road of his ot community the listeners for blair jumping on here blair it's uh, as always it's been a, a pleasure to have a conversation here with you absolutely yeah always always a pleasure to come on and and talk with you uh sad that sean couldn't uh be here obviously but uh yeah this was a blast yeah and we will have to run back a show with sean because for people who aren't aware myself sean and blair we almost came first we came second to conor o'driscoll in the ffpc championship two seasons ago now i think but we're going to have to chase that all the way back up and, and try and run it back this year again so looking forward to that but you can find blair's work up on rotavis.com make sure you check out the wrong read a lot of fantastic information in there that you can gather through for a variety of different topics you can check out the tools and so on on the website as well for adp and for historical win rates if you're signing up over at rotavis you can use the co- code rv radio 2024 at checkout to get yourself a 10 percent discount off a rotavis nfl pass that is going to do it for this edition my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host today was blair andrews check him out on twitter at am i the real blair and until we are back have a good one thank you for listening to overtime and road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a discount through the road of his radio homepage road of forward slash podcast